Amen. So, Pastor Dan told us that the theme for the month is divine acceleration. And we all started jumping. If you know, you will pause for a moment and not really jump. Because I've looked at the scriptures and I've seen stories and stories of people who have experienced divine acceleration. And I have seen what they have been through. It is not a joke, my brothers and my sisters. Yes, um, you know, it's good to jump. But my brethren, today I'm not here to give you a message that will make you jump. Neither am I here to bamboozle you with eloquence of speech. No. I'm only here as a messenger and I will deliver what God has asked me to deliver to us here in Jesus' name. Before we get started, I'm going to read the scripture quickly. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Please, let's be quick. Let's be quick. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What the scripture is telling you here is that what you are going to hear this morning might correct some of you, might reprove some of you, might instruct you in righteousness. Please don't bear any grudge against me. These are not my words. The words I speak today are not mine. I'm only here as a messenger. Please bear with me. Hallelujah. So the um, theme for the month is divine acceleration. But I'm going to be talking about a subtopic titled, Can You Be Trusted for a Time as This? Hallelujah. Can you be trusted for a time as this? We look at Esther chapter 4 verse 14. For, okay. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? This was said to Esther by her uncle Mordecai. Esther was um, lifted from practically nobody to become the queen at that time. And this was a question he put to his uh, niece. Let's look at the division of divine first. The M. Webster Dictionary says divine means to proceed directly from God. If we look at the, the definition of acceleration, it means to act or process, the act or process of moving faster or for something to happen more quickly. So from this, we can deduct that divine acceleration is a God-given supercharge that enables a process to move faster or happen more quickly. It is a supernatural boost that takes you from the streets to the palace. We look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. Well, media is, okay. It said, he raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. This is what divine acceleration does. It is a supernatural boost that takes you from barren to motherhood. It takes you from last to the first. Growing up as a child, we used to play Super Mario. And there's this particular um, item that once you touch it, suddenly you can run through anything and nothing stops you. I think it was a star 
on Super Mario. Once you hit the star, you suddenly become supercharged and you're just running through every obstacle, every adversary on the way. That is what divine acceleration is. So now that we know what divine acceleration is, the question is, why should you be given a divine boost? Why should you experience divine acceleration? Why should God grant you divine acceleration? Don't get me wrong. When you are born again as a Christian, everybody has access to a certain level of divine acceleration. Everybody has a certain level of divine acceleration. But there is a higher level. And this higher level requires something from us. Exodus chapter 24, verse 1. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord. He said unto Moses, This is God talking to Moses. Come up unto the Lord. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. I believe that to access a certain level of divine acceleration, you need to come up. There's a level of blessing. There's a level of upliftment that God will do only when you come up. God will not come down for a certain level of divine acceleration. You need to come up. You need to put away childish things and grow up. Come up as a Christian. You've been praying and praying and praying. It's good. But have you decided to come up? Divine acceleration will try you by fire. There's this song we used to sing. Um, 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 I can't remember the song. It has something to do about uh, try by fire. <laughs> uh, we need to be careful the kind of songs we sing. We're going to look at a couple of people who had access to divine acceleration. We'll look at Elijah. Elijah is the man who outran the king's chariot. In 1 Kings 18, 46. This was a literal physical manifestation of divine acceleration. This was not, I, I, I prayed and I waited and prayed and then it happened. This was a divine physical manifestation of divine acceleration. And the hand of the Lord was Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of, his, of uh, Jezreel. If you know the chariots of a king, he has the finest horses. His horses are one of the fastest horses in the kingdom. And Elijah outran the horses. Bear in mind that Elijah had just finished fighting the prophets of Baal. So it was not his own physical strength. What made Elijah stand out? Elijah was a prophet. He wasn't the only prophet in his time. There were many prophets, but we actually never heard of most of them. If you read the Bible and uh, the book of First Kings, Elijah pops up in the 18th chapter. Where was Elijah from chapter 1 to chapter 17? Chapter 18, Elijah just pops up. If you read the scripture, it says, 
And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. But guess what? The word of the Lord will come to you, but will you obey? Elijah was the only prophet who stood against the prophets of Baal. He was the only one to boldly call out King Ahab on the evil he was doing. Elijah obeyed God. Let's look at Joseph. We all know his story, prison to prime minister. He was sold into slavery, under Potiphar, served under Potiphar, wrongly accused at jail, and he finally made it to the number two seat. It looks very, you know, very quick, very posh story. Oh my God, prison to prime minister. Oh, God is good. Let's look at what really happened in between. First of all, we need to know what kind of man Joseph was. In Genesis 37 verse 2, I want us to look at the kind of person Joseph was. Genesis 37 verse 2. Media. Okay. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bila and with the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil reports. Joseph did not tolerate bad behavior. He did not compromise. Joseph was obedient. Joseph listened and believed to whatever God revealed to him. He held on to the promises that God made to him. The Lord made everything that Joseph did to prosper. Clearly, Joseph was hardworking and diligent. Genesis 41:38. Let's look at it. Genesis 41:38. Okay, while we're waiting for media, Genesis 48, it talks about how the Spirit of God was in Joseph. Genesis 41 38. Forty-one thirty-eight. thank you. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. That is Joseph. The man in whom the Spirit of God is. This is the kind of person that experienced divine acceleration. Is the Spirit of God found in you? Question for yourself. I'm not, I, don't, I don't need to know. You know by yourself. You ask yourself. Is the Spirit of God found in you? Joseph was made prime minister at the age of 30. Nigeria, we are praying for a new leader. Only God knows when we will see... <laughs> President at the age of 30. <laughs> Glory be to God. Joseph began his main ministry at the age of 30. This is a side story. Joseph was the beloved of his father. Does this sound familiar? Do we know any other person whose ministry started at the age of 30 and was beloved of his, beloved of his father? That sounds like Jesus. But when it was time... When the time came for Joseph to do what God had called him to do, the Bible says Joseph forgave his brothers. Joseph put aside his grievance and preserved the nation of Israel. Genesis 45 verse 5. So the question is, will you put aside 
Look at it. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. You are asking for divine acceleration. When you get there, will you preserve life or will you loot the treasury? Isaac, obedient and flourished. Isaac sold in the same land and flourished. God said, do not go into Egypt, but dwell in a land which I shall tell you of. Doesn't that still sound like Abraham? We read the Bible as if these are stories. These are people's lives being told. I put it to you that your lives are still scriptures being written. So look at your own life and read it as a Bible story. And you realize that there's not much difference from what is here in the Bible and your own life. Your own Abraham moment comes every time and you do not obey. Your Abraham moment will come. The question is, will you obey? We look at Esther. Her story is a depiction of divine acceleration. We all know her story. She's a nobody. The Bible says she was an orphan. But there was something I saw in the scripture. In, in Esther 2 verse 10 and Esther 2 verse 20. It was obvious that Esther was obedient to Mordecai. Whatever Mordecai said, she listened. Look, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred. This is talking about when she became a queen. She did not tell the king where she was from. I don't know the kind of beauty that somebody will have that you will not ask her. Please, where are you from? Take note. First, one of the first questions you ask on a date, where are you from? But this one was grace. The king did not even ask. And she did not say. For Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. Mordecai, her uncle, told her, when you reach there, don't tell anybody where you are from. Some of us have coconut head. Once we reach there, we want to tell everybody, ah, I'm from my, uh, so that they will know that I've arrived. <laughs> Esther kept her mouth shut until the appointed time. Brethren, let us learn to keep our mouth shut until the appointed time. Hallelujah. Esther 4, 13 to 14. Let's look at that quickly. Esther 4, 13 to 14. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. If you do not do it, God will replace you. Simple as that. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows whether that promotion is for such a time as this? We look at some of the requirements to access divine acceleration. It's there in the Bible. You need to be obedient to God's word. You need to be diligent. You need to be hardworking. You need to be spirit-filled. You need to be forgiving. You need to be humble. There has to be zero compromise. We all love the story of Joseph, but Joseph, once you do something wrong, Daddy Chibuzo said, you can imagine why his brothers hated him. Growing up, your sibling who will report you to your dad, you and him will always have fights. 
Am I wrong? Or am I the only one that has their siblings here? If your younger brother reports you to your father, by the time your father turns around, you will knock him by the side. But that was what Joseph was doing. And it's, 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 you know, it's counted to him as a form of no compromise. The question is, can you be trusted to advance the kingdom of God? Divine acceleration is not to line your pockets with money. Divine acceleration is not to put food on your table. Divine acceleration is to, pro, to, to promote and uplift God's kingdom here on earth. So if you're asking for divine acceleration, the question is, when you get it, what will you do with it? Have you been faithful with the little that God has given you? Oh, you think that you will just jump from point A to point Z? You think it is just... Uh, why should God give you billions that you're asking him for? Because I hear people say, Ah, Father Lord, just borrow me 1.3 million from the 2.5 million dollars that you have kept for me. Now that I've given my life to God. Oh, this brother knows what I'm talking about. You've said it before, Abby. <laughs> God, just borrow me small from the inheritance. Are you not beginning to sound like the prodigal son? Oh, you, oh, you, you, didn't think, you think about it that way? You didn't think about it that way? You're beginning to sound like the prodigal son. God, just give me this one first. What do you want to use it to do? We are quick to open the Bible and judge the Bible characters. But guess what? We are on the table. It's our turn now. We are the ones on the table. You're asking God for a share of your inheritance. When you get it, what happens? You don't come to church anymore. There's a new car. I'm too busy to attend service. You don't attend prayers. You don't show up. The new phone that you've been asking God for, he has given it to you. You don't pick up pastor's call anymore. No, we are having, we are having a conversation here. I am not saying this to make you feel bad because I'm also talking to myself. Because if any of us says that we are without fault here, then we are all liars. So you're asking God for these things, but what do you want to do with it? Why should God entrust people's lives and destinies in your hand? Why? The Bible says, bring forth your strong reasons. I had a project I did last year and the money was being withheld. And months passed. And then one morning I woke up and I was like, wait, though. This money is just somewhere there. And I said, no. I got on my knees and said, Father Lord, you know that this money, if it enters, it will touch your children. You know that this money, if it enters, it will change somebody's life. My brothers and sisters, that money showed up the next day. The next, I was sleeping when I saw him. I opened my phone. And I saw it and I laughed. <laughs> I, called, I called the producer of um, our advertising firm and I said, they paid? She said, hmm, that it was war. It was fight. So I guess while they were fighting, God told me, young man, bring forth your strong reasons. And I told him, Father Lord, this money is needed for your ministry. It has work it is going to do. The next day, the money showed up. Guess what? The next week, the reason for the money came knocking. See, God is, God is not a... You cannot fool God. 
The next week, the reason for the money came knocking. My friend, spirit-filled sister, God had asked her to move from point A to point B. She had all the money for rent, but did not have the remaining money for agency and agreements. God bless our real estate agents in Jesus' name. She did not have the money for agency and agreements. She needed 600,000 naira. And I don't know the wind that blew me in that direction. And I asked, how far? They say sometimes when you, you, should, not, you should not be quick to ask ladies, how are you? <laughs> because the next thing you hear is billing. <laughs> I don't know who, what blew me that way. I said, how far? How far your house? And she said, I assume that she just needs 300 to complete it. Immediately, God just said, uh-huh. how far? <laughs> you said this money that they should release to you is to push my kingdom. Oh, yeah? See, my daughter needs money. There was no, there was no, oh, God, wait, let me think about it. I just told her, you know what? I'm saving this money for something. But it seems you need it more than I do right now. I will give it to you whenever you can. Refund it to me. And she was like, eh? I sent her the money. It wasn't even enough because the person who was supposed to balance the other parts didn't show up. I called her again. Have you paid? She said, no. I said, what was happening? She said, it's remaining 50000 I said, no worry. I sent her the other balance again. She has paid for her house. She's moving in. <laughs> Look, why should God give you what you are asking for? Can you give God a reason to grant you divine isolation? What are you doing with God's money? You think it's your money. What are you doing with it? Go and read the scriptures. The Bible talks about how the disciples, each one gave of the other one so that there was no lack in the house. You are sitting on million. Your brother sitting beside you is looking for 1,000 naira and you are removing your face. Who are you fooling? Look at the scriptures. It's there. We choose the part of the scripture that suits us, Abby. Not today. The Bible talks about the disciples in one accord. He who had plenty was given to the one who they have. Sometimes we are praying to God for solution. Meanwhile, you are the solution to somebody's problem sitting beside you. I keep saying it and I will keep saying it everywhere. The solution of every one of us is seated right here in the church. You are the solution to your brother's problem. In case you don't know, now you know. See, solution will not come from heaven. You are praying to God to bless somebody for something that you can bring out from your pocket and give him. You think it's your money? 1 Kings 16 verse 2. As we round up. 1 Kings 16 verse 2. This is somebody that did backflip and kabashed and prayed and danced and asked God for divine acceleration. It was given to him. But look at what he did. And this is what, this is what God said to him. For as much as I exalted thee out of the dust and made thee prince over my people Israel, and thou hast walked in the way of Jeroboam and hast made my people Israel to sin, to provoke me to anger with their sins. This is somebody that God raised from the dust. Do you know what it means to be in the dust? You are eating shit. You are in the dust. People are passing. 
It's whatever that falls from their shoe that you're able to see to eat. And God lifts you up to become the prince over Israel. And then you turn it to a joke. What are you doing with God's finances? What are you doing with kingdom money? What are you doing with covenant money? It is very clear that being connected to God and believing in Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Ghost is the first step to divine acceleration. You cannot come up if you have not first accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the honest truth. I will not sugarcoat it. That level you are looking for until you have first accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. At this time, I'd like us to bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Let's open our hearts and open our minds and open our mouth and begin to speak to God. And ask God to show you what is required of you for your next level, your next dimension. This is the time. You are not here for me. You're not here for anybody. You are here because you need something from God. You need a change in your life. And if you're here and you are not born again, this is the time for you to stand up on your feet. This is not the time to be shy. This is the time to boldly declare your stand with Christ. If you desire divine acceleration in your life, now is the time. So if you're not born again, I urge you, I plead with you in the name of Jesus. Rise on your feet and let's say the prayer of salvation together. Is there anyone here? If there's no one here, let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet and begin to pray. Let us thank God for the word that we have heard this morning. That the words we have heard this morning will not be stolen away from us. This is not the time to look at me. This is the time to close your eyes and begin to pray. That the words you've heard this morning will not be stolen from you. That it will burn in your hearts like coal, hot coal. And you will not rest until you do that which God has called you to do.